Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Podcast, we appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. This is episode 223. Episode 223. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, uh, any oh, more one-star reviews this hold week? On, or? Hold on. This is 224. This is why we're getting one-star reviews. This is 224, you got me. Hey, look, look. Um, what, what you got? What you got? You got this stuff on the screen? That's, that's, my, that's my sunshades. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Um, it's 224. It's 224. Okay, See, listen. Why are you trying to relive last week when we got a one-star? Like, why are you trying to start the show off like that? Well, Democrats can't count uh, <laughs> ballots, for example. So <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just joking. We all, all know right. Josh is a lefty. So there you go. We got a five star this week, though. You know, and, and someone is funny. Someone last week was saying something about the one star review. And I said, you know, here's the deal. If you listen to the show right now and you like the show and you don't leave a five star, then when you get mad, don't leave a one star. Now, if you leave a five star and you change it to a one star, at least I can respect that. Like you, you've you've shifted your opinion. That's fine, but don't don't go from a, a nothing to a one. Don't be a commie. Only commies do that. But speaking of this, we do have a five star review from one of our more intelligent listeners. Um, best oil and gas podcast in Texas and everywhere else. Josh's phone's ringing. So, see, Josh, you're, I think I think you want the one stars. That's what I think. I think you're trying to bring more one stars on this podcast. Are you, are you here to sabotage this, Josh? I'm not. I'm not. I got I, I got it turned on vibrate, but it's okay. We'll we'll read this five star while you're figuring that out. This show is informative and entertaining. The hosts are knowledgeable about the industry and cover a wide array of relevant issues. These guys are my go-to source for info to make my boss think I know what is going on in the oil field. That is from Steph Z. Thank you, Steph. We appreciate it, as always. Always love our five-star review people. Um, the one-star, not so much. Not a lot of love for those. Josh, we also also have a new sponsor. So if you're out there and your energy bill, you're, you're looking for wholesale energy because you need to get a little cheaper. Uh, you're trying to figure out ways to craft your energy plan a little better. We have a link for you, and all you got to do is go. This is for Texas. This is for uh, New Mexico, Florida, all over the country. There's all kinds of places. So, anyways, um, we'll link to it in the show notes. It just takes a few minutes to see if our plan, it's not our plan, but the plan can reduce your energy costs. Josh, I know you and your mansion over there um, could probably use wholesale energy prices this time of year. So, um, maybe you should check it out as well. Easy, Joe. Easy, Joe. Don't. Don't give any credence to Ryan over here. Just ignore him. Hey, listen, <clears throat> according to the Biden administration, stuff like this doesn't cost money. So it reduces inflation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Ryan. So jumping into a couple of things that we want to cover this week. So oil industry helped handpick members of Texas advisory group for electric grid reliability. Um so the, the, this article is about some emails that basically people have been going through. And, and it, what it shows is that oil industry picks some uh, members of the Texas Advisory Group. Um, and I guess some people have a problem with this. In light of uh, some of the talks that have been going on with, with the electric grid, with the power outage last year, with potential shortages of energy this year, 
Uh, I think I thought this was a, a, a good topic to consider. Uh, just I wonder where we're at. You know, ERCOT. Um, I wonder where they're at with winterizing these facilities and if we should expect something similar this year. Well, uh, first off, Joe, thank you for pointing out that Josh is up to no good. So it's good to see our listeners are, are in tune with the show here. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, this is one of those things where, so this is from the Texas Tribune. Um, we're not talking about leanings on this podcast, I guess, but whatever. Um, oil and gas industry has had heavy hand in choosing representatives to serve on council intended to ensure energy and electricity operations continue during extreme weather, da, da, da. Okay. This is emails provided to the Texas Tribune and confirmed by the Texas Railroad Commission. Okay. Well, so that could be factual. Nothing wrong with that. Um, doesn't mean it's, it's good or bad. There's a, there's a, there's, there's a separate issue. They're all together, right? So regardless of who influences these people, it's, it's whether or not we'll have, um, they're effective at doing the job. So it says that an email provided to the Texas to the Tribune shows that the Texas Oil and Gas Association, one of the most influential oil and gas industry groups in Texas, not nearly as influential as the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. No. I, feel slighted, I feel slighted, Tribune. I feel slighted. Like they're like no one knows who they are compared to us, but whatever. Provided a list of names to the Railroad Commission's executive director for appointment to the council in August. Okay, so they're they're saying that the um, the Texas Oil and Gas Association did this. So I don't know, man. Like. This is just politics 101. Yeah. Right? So is it shocking? No. Does it mean they're bad? Maybe. I mean, not necessarily. Maybe they're bad. Maybe they're not. I don't know. To me, these stories are like, this is just how the sausage is made. This isn't a right or left issue. This is just, you know, I'm, I'm sure for when they go to, um, you know, some renewable council, they're not going to the Railroad Commission necessarily for that. They're probably going to some people for that. So I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? To me, it's it's just... This is just, you know, water's wet kind of story. Yeah, I, I looked at it. I mean, I think what they're trying to do is paint any opportunity they get to show that oil and gas is manipulating. Well, um, oh, no, 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 Josh, hold on. We're not accusing the Texas Tribune of being a left-leaning newspaper, are we? Because you know, that makes us right-wing by definition. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, well, um, they're certainly the – well – as an aside, uh, I, yeah, I, I think I think anytime there's opportunity to show that oil and gas industry is using its capital in order to retain its profitability, mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're always going to be suspect, sus suspicious of anything that they do. Well, and here's the real thing. Let's just say that it is all cronyism, which probably it is. Um, and you put oil and gas people on there. OK, good for them. The pressure that's on our ERCOT and everyone else involved, Railroad Commission, everyone, it doesn't really matter, the governor's office, the next winter storm that happens, if we have the same thing that happened last year happen again, you're going to get blasted. So, you know, if it's the oil and gas people, if it's the renewable people, if it's Beto in office, if it's Abbott in office, it doesn't matter. Whoever is in office in the next time we have one of these storms, if we crash again, you're getting taken to the woodshed by the public opinion. So, um, be careful what you wish for. So if it's straight cronyism and people aren't really qualified for these jobs, 
uh, they're going to pay a severe price in the public opinion arena, potentially in the business arena. So um, I think that's really the story here is that if, if it is cronyism, then guess what? You better be doing your job because if we have another crazy storm here in a few months, which I don't think we will, but if we do, be prepared. You're going to get crushed, right? So there's no excuse in the, in the, in the near future. And if we have one in 2023, 2024, 2025, if this happens the next three, five, ten years, we're going to pull up all these old articles and say, we told you, we warned you, you should have known. So if it is straight cronyism, there's no qualifications happening, um, then get ready because you've walked into the lines then. And so keep that. That's the thing that I would be concerned about um, is that if you're taking these positions, then be prepared to be blasted. Like there's no, you, you don't get the grace period anymore, right? Now, no. the flip side is it could be that the Texas Oil and Gas Association believes that these are the most qualified people, right? So it doesn't, just because it's a secret list and it's underhanded, it doesn't mean that they can't believe it's the right people for the job. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if, if these are the most qualified people uh, to do it, I mean, that that may have been why they were recommended. Right. So think about, let's think about like this. Let's say that you're working for a company and you need a service done. You could take it out to bid um, for you know to anyone to bid on, or you could call the vendor that you're the most comfortable with, the one that you feel is the most qualified, and you could bring them in. Um, now, if your buddy needs someone, you could just recommend them. So people recommending and stuff isn't always nefarious. In this case, it could be. I don't know. We got a comment here from Joe. Um, Joe says, even if fossil fuel is, is considered to be the fallback resource to support the grid, it still has an important part to play. It seems to make sense that fossil fuel representatives would be part of the machination. Uh, 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 I can't speak, Josh. I'm pulling, I'm pulling hold on, me some water here. <laughs> I pulled a Josh and I had to reboot. <laughs> My tongue got dry. can't say the word. That's Joe. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Joe, for using the big words on the podcast. We don't say words over four letters on this show, Josh. Uh, Joe. Um, yeah. 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 So I don't think there's a problem with oil and gas people being on there. Um, maybe it is cronyism, maybe not. But crony, cronyism is only viewed negatively when the results turn out poorly, right? It's like nepotism. If you have a business and you let your son or daughter or nephew or whatever come in and run it and they're successful, no one cares. If the business fails, that's when people care. So in this case, I don't know if these people are qualified or not, nor does a Texas Tribune. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we're going to, we're going to take them to the woodshed. They screw it up. Just, just be prepared. Just oh, yeah. We could take the Texas Long Gas Association for nominating them. We can take the, the folks for taking it. We can, everyone, everyone's in the woodshed because we're not right wing podcasts. So because we, we're going to blast them. But uh, you're right, Joe. They should be a part of the, of the discussion. Also, also Texas Tribune, I feel like you owe us an apology. We're, yeah. we're the most influential. So um, we, have, we have the air of the, the president. Yeah. If you could get a correction on your website, we'd appreciate that. So CNBC had an article that came out this morning. Oil prices on the march again in tight market. U.S. crude at seven-year high. Looking at oil prices, Ryan, WTI is at 84.56. Brent is at 86. Yeah, it's up. It's up this morning. So I I think there was a, I think Rick Rick Count actually dropped this past week. And prices started to drop a little bit. And all of a sudden, things turned around. Um, And the the prices are just continuing to move. I mean, it's thinking you're going to have $100 $100 a barrel by end of the year is really not far-fetched anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, so you're less than four dollars for Brent to cap uh, to to across the ninety dollar threshold. Natural gas is at five seventy six. I mean, it's crazy, right? And, and so, what can be done to stop it at this point, this late in the year, from the U.S. producers? Not much. And I read DRW arguing this morning that, um, by and large, his thesis is that the Good acreage to drill has already been purchased, um, minus a few exceptions. Um, so that would be interesting to see if that if that thesis holds true. Which I, I think he's um, there are definitely some other smart people like him that that hold to that thesis. But if that thesis is true, then the U.S. production on some level is going to be um, I don't know if caps the right word, but you know it, it's, it's, it hits hit the ceiling. So you know what will OPEC do? I don't know. Um, if I'm OPEC, and this is the thing, like when you say OPEC, there's many members to OPEC, right? And so, um, you know, if you're in Nigeria, you know, they, their break even, the last time I looked at Nigeria's break even is like $160 a barrel. You know, how they view, how they view how oil prices is a little bit different than the Saudis. Yeah. Uh, uh, Clay, who am I? I am. I don't know, Clay. Who am I? Why, why, why is Clay getting philosophical on this podcast? So we are live on LinkedIn. Clay's asking, who are you? I don't know if that's to me, to Josh, or to Joe, but um, I don't want to contemplate that on this podcast, Clay. We can say that for another time. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Look who's in the back green room. We've got a guest in the green room here, Josh. Let's bring him on to the big screen. Oh, look, there he is. Amanda. Um, I would like to bring you on, but you've been going on the national media here lately. So can you introduce yourself for our, our, our humble audience? Hi, good afternoon. Morning. Uh, my name's uh, Ray R.T. Trevino with uh, Pecos Country Operating here in Fort Worth, Texas. And what's it like to be an international star now? Because I don't know if for our listeners who don't know, R.T. is what I call him. Uh, R.T. has been on like every Fox affiliate in the world um, and even some MSNBC affiliates as well, I believe. So he goes right and left. We're, you know, this RT, thank you for coming on a alleged right wing talking talk show. So we, we thank you for that. Um, but you are a celebrity now. So what's it like? And also, oh, no, are you no celebrity. Are you celebrity because you came on this podcast. Uh, first of all, this was the first place. So you always got to go back to the roots, right? Always back. Josh, how are you, sir? Doing good, sir. Glad to have you on this morning. <laughs> oh, good to be on with you guys. Uh, Get some good, good old fashioned down and dirty talk today. I tell you what. Get deep in that old stuff right there, huh, brother? All right, yes, let's get it. <laughs> no, I've had an opportunity to be on a couple of uh, radio stations, all all AM so far. Nothing FM, just all the <laughs> yeah, AM. Yeah, they call the FM yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna keep it real, okay? On the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, RT, my man, we we're just talking about oil prices when you came on. Um, Brent's at 86 and change, WTI 84, Nat Gas 576. Uh, I mean, where, where are we heading with this stuff? Uh, we're headed up. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about that. We are still headed up. How high? You know, that is really anyone's guess. Uh, I would say I know, I know, I know, we know that. That's what we're asking you. What is your guess? <laughs> we listen, this will be recorded and played on FM stadium stations around the country. So please, please get it right. <laughs> oh, you guys are terrible. Uh, 
get it right. We are definitely going to continue this trend. I mean, like you just said, we are flirting with WTI at $85 oil today. We're flirting again with $6 natural gas here in America. So we are only going to continue to go up. The question is how fast. I think we are headed towards $100 oil. The question is, is it going to be this quarter or is it going to be first quarter of 2022? Uh, but uh, gas prices at the pump will stay the same, possibly just a little bit higher over the next uh, quarter due to the holiday breaks. we got Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, hopefully Americans will be out on the road for that. And, of course, for Christmas, hopefully Americans will get out of their bunkers, their basements, and go visit friends and family in a safe way for the holiday season. Yeah. Um, so question, um, when you, when you say that I was talking to a group this morning and they said their thesis is they're wanting to get into the carbon credit business because they feel like it's here to stay. Um, and we've talked about in the show numerous times that producers are having trouble raising capital and that their thesis is if you're a producer, you're trying to raise capital you should get into the ESG movement now, carbon credit, whatever, so that you can help attract investors. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that would actually help bring capital back into the industry? Or is it just going to take high prices to get people to kind of put their ESG stuff to the side? I think it's because of all the investment dollars that have moved to the ESG that we have high, high oil prices right now. Look, there's nothing wrong with multiple baskets of investments, but when you take 100% of your oil energy investments out and put those 100% into ESG investments, that's going to hinder, obviously, the oil. And so that's where we're at right now is that we are finding that we are not seeing the investment dollars in oil and gas right now to produce new oil. And because of that, that is why we see these prices that we do. Don't don't get me started on the administration uh, right now. We can come back to that. But look, ESG for the future, I get it. I understand it. But there's nothing in the ESG world today that can flip a switch and take over the oil and gas sector of providing energy to the world, not just the United States. So why don't we do something different? Let's start with like a 20-80 or 70-30 split and slowly over the next 10 years transition all your investment dollars into something else. And plus, hopefully by then, I would think some form of VFG would be a proven real additional energy source every day. It's interesting, uh, RT. We actually had somebody on last week that talked about um... – taking the carbon dioxide that is generated from um, these wells and, and determining ways to feed it into greenhouses to grow fruit, food and trees. And um, it, it was an interesting concept where they were, they were trying to figure out ways rather than seeing it as a liability, try to figure out how to use it, utilize it for other, other uses, which was, was pretty interesting. Um, I think at some point in the next 50 years, uh, there's probably going to be some discoveries where you could take what we call byproducts that are harmful and actually use them for some purpose, repurpose them for something that won't be harmful to the environment, but still be beneficial. Um, and I think, I think that's what a lot of these companies are shooting for shell people that are, that are moving toward this ESG, uh, green. The issue I think, um, that that's more concerning is 
that we need oil to get there. We need fossil fuels to get there. Um, if it's going to take 15, 20 years, um, in your opinion, how do you think the media treats the fact that oil is the absolutely necessary step to getting to the green that we need to try to arrive at? A lot of people seem to ignore uh, the fact that oil is a necessary uh, commodity in order for us to achieve any of these any of these um, ideals that we have. Absolutely. Um, I, I get a kick out of seeing pictures of people protesting against fossil fuels while, while holding plastic bottles to drink their water or cardboard that they hold up or the pens that they write, you know, the, with the Sharpies. And it's like all that is provided by some form of a fossil fuel right now by the oil and gas industry. There's nothing that we make almost that doesn't come from oil and gas in some form or fashion, let's, you know, I know that, you know, some markets are moving away, like um, the beauty industry, they have some things that are going away. So I'm not trying to say all, but when you see photos like that of plastic bottles, pins, uh, you know, people wearing um, raincoats that are uh, made from that one brand that, uh, you know, was trying to get rid of trying to denounce oil and gas. Yeah. It cracks me up. Uh, you know, Patagonia is another good one. They do these big, massive protests in, in, on um, the deep oil rigs, and they got kayaks out the wazoo out there. And it's like, guys, that is a plastic that was made from oil. Come on, let's let's think about this. But to get back to it, right now, once again, you know, oil is is big and bad because of the price of oil, and that's not just the case. We need the oil to get to the next level, like you just said, Josh. Hey, let's we have to use the oil now to get to where we want to go. One thing my father always says is use the things you have to get the things you want. So that being said, hey, if you have all these things right now, it's like we can't move from A to B without fossil fuel. So if it's going to take 20 to 30 years to transition, we have to start it now. But that doesn't mean we flip a light switch off and shut off oil today and this, these ESGs we're going to take over tomorrow. Well, one more, RT. Um, so last week there was an article where uh, I think it was, well, a few weeks ago, kind of give you the whole, the whole picture. A few weeks ago, um, Biden was encouraging the Saudis to increase production to lower gas prices. Uh, recently, there was some information where um, there were moves where they were, I guess the administration was encouraging Texans to produce more. Um, now that that narrative has shifted a good bit because they they ban um, you know lease uh, drilling on federal lands. Um, there's been some moves they they made to make it more difficult. From your perspective, have you seen any of those? Have you have you seen anything loosening up um, just from an administrative standpoint, or is it is there a, a, a longer delay between? them wanting to lower gas prices and you actually feel in the, the benefit of that. I tell you what, this administration needs to get in front of the camera and say, drill, baby, drill here in the United States. That will change the dynamic completely. I don't know the last time you gentlemen have been in Midland, uh, but when you go there, last time in 2014, 2013, when we had $85 oil, we were drilling tremendously. And this time around, you still don't see the jobs uh, that we had back then. You're not seeing the workload. And why is that? Because of what you just said, that this administration has that restraint on us right now. 
and we just do not know what's going to happen next. A great example is if you've got the jump rope, you got the two people holding the jump ropes. Uh, we're right here just holding, waiting, just waiting to jump into it. Like we are ready to go. The oil and gas industry is ready to drill, to open up. Uh, but no, this administration, I mean, uh, they, he just said it last week also in his uh, CNN town hall that we're uh, still at the mercy of OPEC and Saudi Arabia because of these high gas prices and these high oil prices. Well, the only way right now they have no competition in the great state of Texas is their competition. And right now this administration is holding us back from competing to bring down the price of oil. Y'all went from like, hey, let's get off oil and gas in 10 to 20 years to Joe Biden's the worst. So the, the reviewers will not know if we're a right wing show or a left wing show. Uh, and I'm not very happy about that. I want us to be identified as something so people can pound on us. Uh, yes, if North Face could send us checks, um, that would be great to the commenter there. Um, RT, uh, so you mentioned drilling. We were talking about this right before you got on. Uh, DRW put a post on LinkedIn saying that his thesis is that, or his opinion, maybe, is that all of the good acreage is already bought up. So it's already being owned and potentially operated or it's under lease. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because if that is true, then there is only a, a kind of a limit, a ceiling to how much more drilling we can do. You know, um, I think they've been saying that now for the last 30 or 40 years that all the good, um, all the good minerals are bought, all the, all the leases are, are already held by production. I mean, just look, just two a year and a half ago, they found that new, uh, new field down uh, near South Texas uh, that had several million barrels. I know that there's still some other ones out there. So, you know, the, the jury is still out on that. I mean, you look at uh, where we've come and where we've gone. You know, people said that West Texas was dead in the 50s. Then people said that it was going to be over in the 80s. And, well, here we are in the 2000s, still drill, baby, drill all throughout West Texas and in the New Mexico on what we can as far as that goes. So I think the jury's still out on whether or not all the best places have been uh, proven. So let's talk about prices for a second. We talk about oil prices, gas prices, but talk about service prices. What are you guys seeing? Are service prices up? Um, it seems like you hear some service folks who are kind of complaining that they can't really raise the rates. Uh, if you're an operator, obviously that's good for you. But um, And then on top of that, not only service prices, but labor. Is the industry able to fill the jobs it needs? You know, unfortunately, um, they are able to fill the good oil-filled working jobs because those men and women know how hard it is to work and they're not afraid to turn a wrench and maybe get a little sweat on, on, on their um, forehead. Um, so in that case, there, there's no issue there. Now, you know, some of the other jobs that are inside, you know, those are the ones where we're having a tough time trying to fill those because people don't want to go back to work with the way things are still set up as far as people getting paid the extra amounts of money. Um, Moving back, yes, no, being an operator right now is the most interesting and greatest time. Some prices have surged. Metal casing has gone up tremendously in the last six months. Uh, so has um, the price to actually drill has gone up. But some of those service prices have actually come down or maybe stayed about the same because I'll say that they're in that same jump rope. They're, they're trying to just see what's going to happen. And if service company A hasn't changed, and then why would service company B change? And so there, there's a, a big hold there right now on some of the pricing when it comes to the actual service companies and, and their hourly pay and uh, charge and things like that. So what you're telling us is, is that 
operators should be reporting massive profits. Continue. No, no, no. no. What, what's going on? The, the casing prices uh, have and steel has gone up so much that that's kind of what's taking the it's difference in, in that. Really? Yes. Uh-huh. Now, this, I mean, the steel price, we, we can talk about Trump and the tariffs, or are we going to ignore that? I don't know. We might, we might be accused of not being a right wing show. You are supposedly a right wing show. We might, I mean, we might get in trouble if we bring that up that, that, that came back from there. But, uh, yeah, I will say this, you know, the other day um, I, I, went, I went and filled up my pickup truck and uh, somebody um, was just complaining next to it. And I said the same thing I'm sure you all have heard. You know, I should go for some mean tweets and uh, some cheap gas right about now. So, well, you know, if folks would have voted for me, they wouldn't have had mean tweets and they would have cheap gas. You could have got the best of both worlds. You could have gotten it right here. Ryan Ray 2024. Don't forget. It's coming. Coming like a like a windstorm. Ryan, um, we've talked about this in the past, and I think that it's time for the great state of Texas to have an individual like you represent. It, it's it's past time. Let's be honest. It's way past time. Um, if you thought Trump got in trouble, <laughs> let me tell you something. Let's take a 30-second aside. My day one promise to all voters is I would declassify. I mean, I would actually declassify. And I'd, I'd bring your boy Snowden back. I'd get, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd fly over to pick him up with Putin. Okay, I'd, I'd, I'd fly over there. We'd bring him back, uh, declassify. Oh, we, we, it would be a party. Like, you know, they had those big galas and those parties. We wouldn't do none of that. We'd just be having a declassified party on Zoom or on YouTube, just streaming that baby, reading the documents, going, oh, my, did they really? That's That would be day one. So just, just saying, just saying. I told someone on Twitter the other day, I can't promise cheaper gas prices because the economy would be humming at a rate never seen before that, you know, I don't know if we can actually keep up. So just, just, just folks, just saying, just saying, <laughs> boy, 2024 right here. Josh, can we confirm or even deny that we just heard what we just heard? Well, we heard it. We heard it. Okay. And I, I can, I can tell you there was at least one vote for Ryan for president <laughs> last year. So there's there at least one. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, people say you're this or you're that. No, I'm a meist. I'm a meist. Okay. I love me some me. I voted for me in, tw- in uh, 2020. I didn't vote for them two bums. I voted for the best and most qualified person I know. So that's what you're supposed to do as an American, I think. Well, there you why go. You two, why you two didn't do that or wherever it is on the screen here is a disgrace to America, Texas, and the universe, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how about that oil and gas, huh? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, RT. We'll get you out of here. Tell us, tell people where they can find you. Obviously, you're all over the, the talk show circuit now. You're going on The View, I think, in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> Rachel Maddow, where else can they find you? You are terrible, Ryan Ray. Um, no, guys, if anybody has any questions, um, you can find me at Pecos Country Operating. Uh, that's PCOperating.com, PecosCountryEnergy.com. Uh, we're just here in Fort Worth uh, doing our best uh, to provide oil to help the Americans to lower the ga- uh, gas prices at the pump the best we can. Um, I-, I say, uh, Josh, Ryan, thank you guys so much for having me back on to this, this morning. Well, it's good, good you, yeah, it's good that you stepped back down to us um, after you're a big timer, so we appreciate I'll it. Have... <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care, bud. <laughs> Bye. All right, Mr. Shelton, anything in the roundup for us today? Uh, One, 
One article, Eagle Claw to combine with Apache's Altus midstream in an all-stock transaction. Uh, we'll be linking that in the show notes if you want to follow up on that. Um, some midstream movement. Uh, there's another article, Ryan. This one is not something that I want to cover as much. Something just as a reference. Uh, it's an article from Market Watch. Major U.S. banks continue to finance oil and gas industry, study says. It goes over some of the major banks and some of the investments they've made or, you know, since 2015, which is the uh, Paris Agreement. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if this actually looks at it since the pandemic. So that would be the question for me or like slightly before the pandemic to see. Not necessarily looking at 2015, looking at it from like 2019 to now would be more interesting. But if, it's an interesting article if you want to take a look at it. Okay. And we will link to, again, our sponsor in the show notes. Uh, you're looking for wholesale energy be sure to check them out and with that josh uh we'll be back next week <laughs>